Um, if you've got your Bible there, you'll need to concentrate because it's a super long reading this morning. Are you ready for it? Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Thank you, Lord, for that reading from your word. Told you it was a active thing to start this morning. So if you're in a cluster, maybe, or a cluster, or a cluster, just just uh, turn around, have a chat to someone next to you. You've got um, 72 seconds. I'm not timing. It'll be rough. Uh, and I want you to talk to each other. If you're not a Christian, this is maybe going to throw you. Um, if you are a Christian, this is maybe going to throw you. Uh, the question you have to discuss with each other is, what is the gospel of Jesus? You're going, I don't need 72 seconds. What is the gospel of Jesus? What is the good news that Jesus preached? On your marks, get set, go. You can talk to your wife if you so want. What is the gospel that Jesus preached? Jim's just sitting back going, I know the answer to this. You've got about 30 seconds. If you've finished, you haven't got the right answer. Unless you do. (laughs) What? If you have finished, you haven't got the right answer unless you do. Almost. I think that is time. Have we all got the answer? We've all sorted. Hands up if you came up to a solution amongst yourself. Les is sitting by himself. Okay, that's good. So you got, you got a solution? Okay, you've, you've talked about it, you've thought about it. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May is that, okay, well, you got, you got literally 10 words maximum to tell us what you said. Should have told you this earlier, shouldn't I? If you want to. Well, we all said something slightly different. You got 10 words as a group. Okay, so the good news is that your families must come with us. Okay. Medin. Well, I've put something forward, and as always, it was rejected. And that's the gospel? <laughs> <laughs> and 
I gave them 72 seconds and all they came up with, that's a good question. So, good question, stupid question. So, you were all together? You were all together? That's, that's a good answer. In fact, Jesus does say, I was reading it just this morning, uh, John chapter 6, this is the work that God requires of you, believe in the one he sent. Okay? Love each other and forgive and do it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> Irish. Scottish. Oh, very offensive what I just did there. Roz. There's too much. Okay, so we've got another stupid question. Okay. Okay, quickly. Grace, forgiveness. Grace, forgiveness, eternal life. That, that's good to get going with. What did you guys come up with? God sent Jesus as an atonement for our sins and he died. And he died, he lives for us so we can have eternal life. And he'll never be, well, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to share with us? That's some very good stuff, and, and I think uh, I haven't heard anything blatantly wrong, except for the, that's a stupid question, answer. But even that was actually good, because it is a stupid question, in a way, because how can you summarize it in ten words? I'm going to try. In fact, you might have heard that the question I asked wasn't so much, what is the gospel, but what is the gospel that Jesus preached? Um, and you might say, well, obviously they're the same, Nick. But it's interesting. I, I, 
I've been reading a great book, and, and our series this month is, is based on this book, a guy called Dallas Willard. Uh, he's a really thick book, great audio book, but if you find thick books difficult, you might like to go on YouTube and, and listen to some stuff from John Ortberg. When you get your newsletter, you'll see the Ortberg, one of my friends says, Dallas Willard is fantastic. John Ortberg is Dallas Willard for dummies. And so I like his stuff, uh, but I'm drawing a lot from what they say. And they got me thinking about this. What we're going to do, we're going to actually flick through uh, just a few verses uh, in, um, in, in Matthew, a few in Luke, a few in Acts. Uh, we're going to jump into Genesis, as we've seen. We're going to go a few different places, and we're going to see what Jesus' gospel is, the one that, that he preached Uh, If we start right at the beginning, Matthew chapter 3, before Jesus comes on the scene, we have John the Baptist walking around, and what does he do? He says, he's preaching, we're told, Matthew chapter 3, repent and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then we turn, I'll just get them all up, there's many of them, Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, Jesus Uh, He's been baptized, he's gone into the wilderness, he now comes, he's walking around. From then on, Jesus began to preach. What did he preach? Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Then in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus goes throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom. And he healed every kind of sickness and uh, disease and illness. Jesus brings wholeness to those who come, but he preaches the good news about the kingdom. Luke chapter 8, verse 1, what does Jesus do? He starts a, a, a tour. What is he doing on this tour as he goes of the nearby towns and villages? What does he preach? What does he announce? He announces the good news of forgiveness and eternal life. No, he announces the good news about the kingdom of God. You might be starting to spot a theme. Tell me when you get it. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 12. Jesus now is sending out the 12 disciples. He's on his tour. He's sending them out ahead of him. He calls them and he gives them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He sends them out also without provisions. They they are to trust God. They are to trust the provisions of the king of the kingdom. Just like Israel in the desert had to trust God to provide for them. You see, Jesus came to save us. He he came to save us. That is good news. And, And Paul was right when he wrote Corinthians to speak about that. But his message isn't just the negative 12 steps to avoid hell. Say these words and you will be saved. Jesus' message is bigger than that. Jesus' message, the one that he walked around and preached to everyone, was simply this. God's kingdom is near to you in me. Look at it. Look at me, bring it, and follow me. The kingdom of God is near. You know, if you... uh, uh, I lazed out and I went on my Bible app on my tablet and I searched for kingdom just in Matthew, Luke, and Acts. In Matthew alone, do you know how many chapters there are in Matthew? 
28. Do you know how many times the kingdom of God is, is mentioned explicitly in Matthew? Almost 50 times. And a lot of the times when it's not mentioned is because Jesus starts a long passage with the kingdom of God is like... Do you know what Matthew's about? The kingdom of God. Do you know what Luke's about? The kingdom of God. Do you know what Acts is about? The kingdom of God. Do you know what the gospel of Jesus is about? The kingdom of God. Let's have a look at that. John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus is being tried by Pilate. He is about to be crucified. And by the way, let me not say that Jesus' death and resurrection isn't vital. It is absolutely vital. But the gospel of Jesus is bigger than just that. The gospel of Jesus is look at God's kingdom. John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus being tried by Pilate. Uh, He says to Pilate in answer to a question, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. My kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate said, So you are a king. And Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And what is truth? Pilate asked, and he went out again to the people and told them that he was not guilty of any crime. Jesus was a king. But his kingdom isn't of this world, of this earth. He came into the world to testify to the truth. God's kingdom is about the truth. And even his crucifixion speaks to his kingdom. The the sign that they put on his cross. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. He is the king. And then Jesus was on the cross, exalted as king. He was buried. After three days, he rose from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. Do you know what the most important thing that he spent those days after his resurrection, before his ascension? Do you know what he spent his time doing? He spoke with his disciples many times. I wonder what he spoke about. Any guesses? During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he actually was alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Isn't that interesting? He's arisen from the dead, he's alive again, and he doesn't talk to them and say, right guys, you've got to follow all my instructions, you've got to follow all the rules. I mean, he he probably did. He said, hey, remember what I taught you. He, He said, remember what I did, remember who I am, remember that only in me you have life. But that wasn't the big focus for Jesus after his resurrection. Jesus' message before his crucifixion and after his resurrection was exactly the same. He comes, the most important thing, you've risen from the dead, you have defeated death. What do you need to tell everyone? You tell them, the kingdom of God is near. You're probably looking at me going, okay, Nick, breathe. Jesus ascends into heaven and the gospel spreads and it grows and people are becoming Christians and they're turning to Jesus. And then uh, the gospel goes to Samaria, a place where it's spreading beyond the Jewish nation. And I believe it's Philip who's there. 
and he starts telling them. And what do we learn? The people now believed chapter 8 verse 12, Philip's message of the good news. The good news about what? The good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. What is the good news? The kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. How can you, you can't really separate those two because the kingdom of God has a king and the king is Jesus the Christ. What is the good news? The good news is the kingdom of God and the name of Christ, and as a result, many men and women were baptized. Verse 35 of that same chapter. Beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him, I believe this is the, uh, the eunuch, he, he tells him the good news about Jesus. Chapter 19 of Acts, verse 8. Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly, this is in Ephesus, for the next three months, arguingly, arguing persuasively about what? About the kingdom of God. Acts 20, verse 25. Paul, on his way back to Jerusalem, convinced that he is going uh, into trouble. Uh, he's doing his farewell speech now to the Ephesians uh, later. Uh, and he says to them, I know that none of you to whom I have preached what? The kingdom will ever see me again. Acts 28 verse 23. A time was set. Paul is now uh, in house arrest in Rome. He's arrived there. He is spoken to the Jews. He's called them together. A time was set. And on that day, a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. And he explained and he testified about the kingdom of God. And tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. And using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. What did Paul speak about to them? The kingdom of God. Now, elsewhere, Paul speaks, uh, I, I came and I, I chose to know nothing but Christ and him crucified and Christ and him risen. He says, I came to you and I, I preach nothing but Jesus. Was it risen or crucified? Christ and him crucified, I think. But do you know what? That's the same message. What is Paul on about? His message is, why do I bother telling you about Jesus? Because in Jesus, the kingdom of God has come near. Because in Jesus, what he was preaching is what I am preaching. Turn to God because the kingdom of God is near. You know, the very, very last verse that we find in the book of Acts. So the Gospels tell the story of Jesus' life. Uh, 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 The book of Acts tells the continuing story of the church. In fact, uh, Luke wrote... Luke, obviously, and he wrote Acts, and he says at the beginning of Acts, uh, basically, Hadi ho, part two, intermission over, continuing now. Look at the last verse in Acts. Boldly, Paul was proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus, and no one tried to stop him. Five words. What is the gospel of Jesus? I mean, it, obviously you expand it because if it was just five words, you'd go, but this sums it up. The kingdom of God, six words, is near. The kingdom of God is near. Now can I do the now can I do the benediction? Because we all what does it mean? Well done, Nick, the kingdom of God. I understand it's there because every single verse of scripture basically says the kingdom of God is near. Seriously, just go on the internet or go on your Bible app and search kingdom of God 
and just go, wow, there's too many results. It's what Jesus talks about. It's what the disciples talk about. It's what Paul talks about. But what is a kingdom? Everyone has a kingdom. And I want to use Dallas Willard's definition of a kingdom. A kingdom is that place where your will is done. Where what you want to happen, happens. It's as basic as, um, I decide to think this thought, and so I think this thought, because I decided to. Or it's, I, my kingdom, when I am driving in the car, I get to decide what's on the radio. Because it's my kingdom. I'm in charge. The kingdom of God is in us, but is it more than that? You know, we have kingdoms ourselves. We have kingdoms where we exercise authority over something. You know, one of, some of the first words, I told the deacons and elders this the other day at our meeting, some of the first words we learn as children, do you know what they are? Mum and dad, that's, that's good words. Do you know what? Those are kingdom words. Those are, this is your kingdom, mum, dad. What are some of the other words we learn? No! no! And? Yes. Oh, I take a while to learn yes. <laughs> mine! No, mine! Those are kingdom words. I, I, I heard John Ortberg speak about this. He was like, yeah, that's right. Kingdom words. That's exactly what they are. We say no because we want to have what we want to have happen. We say mine because I'm in charge. You cannot have my teddy bear. It is mine. Go and get your own. Having a kingdom is not a bad thing. In fact, we were made to have a kingdom, or if you're a queen, you can be a queen. Um, no, kingdom. Let's call it kingdom. Let's go with that. Genesis 1, verse 28. What do we read there? We read that God makes humanity. He says to them, fill the earth. And what does he say? He says, govern the earth and reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. In other words, he says, here we go. I've made you. You're in charge now. Yours. You have the responsibility to make things as they are meant to be. Garden. Take this garden that I've planted and spread it throughout this earth. Do you notice there's, there's an exception? There's, there's a group of God's creation that is not included in his instruction to rule there? People. He says, rule over the birds, the fish. And I don't know about you, but ruling over the fish seems a bit sort of, I'd rather rule over the birds. They're more majestic. I'm thinking goldfish. Maybe a shark is majestic to rule over. But my little goldfish that I used to have, wasn't that, Im I didn't invite my friends over and say, these goldfish do what I want them to do. <laughs> but we can't do that about people, can we? And do you know why? Because over everything God says, mine, and he looks at us and says, yours, 
for everything else, but when he looks at us, he says, mine. We are, ru- we are rulers under Jesus, but we are rulers under God. God assigns our rule to us. He gave us a kingdom. We are meant to rule under him and in cooperation with him. In fact, it's more cooperation because God didn't make the world place Adam, place humanity there and say, go for it and then chuff off. God placed them there and God was there with them and he walked with them in the garden. And I'm sure those walks in the garden until they fell was all about, so Adam, what did you do today? Ah, yeah, I I see you've expanded the garden in that area over there. Wow, I like the pattern that you've made over there. What are you going to do with that? And Adam would go, well, God, I was thinking about this. There's that story in there about naming the animals. Do you think humanity named the animals by themselves? Or was like, well, God, what do you think? I'm, I'm thinking this, this, this creature over here with a long, uh, long neck and, um, and a short tail and, and stumpy little feet. Not stumpy little feet, giant feet. I'm thinking I'm going to call this, you know, really long neck, spotted. I'm going to call it a mouse. <laughs> and maybe God's going, yeah, yeah, it could be a mouse. What about the other mouse? He goes, oh, yeah, I forgot about the other mouse. Uh, made up story, obviously, that. But, but the point is, I'm sure God was ruling in cooperation with them because, quite frankly, we're not God. <laughs> God gave us his kingdom, and he is king over it, over us. His basic ideas are what govern this kingdom. His presence is what should enable us. It's like Australia. We are an autonomous country, are we not? We determine our destiny. We determine our rules. We determine our future. Amen. Until the queen says, no, you don't. Or I'm going to get rid of that prime minister. You know, every law we sign has to be approved by the queen's representative. We rule, but we rule under the queen in Australia. I am not a fan of the ground. But imagine that I had a hang glider and I wanted to go on holiday to Rotnest. So what I'm going to do, because this is my kingdom and I get to make my decisions, I will take my hang glider and I will go to Lesmerdy. And I will go to the edge of the mountain, the mountain, tussock, hill, and I will get a long run up with my hang glider and I will jump off, closing my eyes very tightly because I don't like the ground, and I will jump off and I will set my sight towards Rotnest and I will go and I will go and I will go right into the ground. A, because I've never hung glide. Hang glide, hang glided before. <laughs> B because you just can't do that. For those of you, Christine, Rotnest is a long way away. How many kilometers off the coast is Rotnest? Anyone? Eighteen kilometers off the coast. Um, the hill, Perth Hills, are at least that far inland. We're talking a long distance, and the Perth Hills are—they are bumps, more than hills. Despite how much I want it, I won't get there. 
Because I can say till I'm blue in the face, this is my kingdom, my hang glider is my kingdom, I will do it, this is my kingdom, my will be done, and I will land in the ground. Because my will, although it is an amazing thing, is pretty pathetic. And I'm willing to bet your will is pretty pathetic as well. Willpower is a wonderful thing, but it's pretty weak. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, was praying in the garden, and he asked some friends to come pray with him, and they fell asleep. And do you know what he said to them? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You want to do it, but you just can't. If I want to get to Rotnest, I need an engine. I need a microlite, not a hang glider. My kingdom, my effective range of my will being done is small and it was meant to be small. Because God's plans are bigger than me. What I need is to be king under God. Here's a verse which gets me at the end of this Um, You have to have no doubt in your mind if you want this to happen. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You know what that tells me, this verse? There are plenty of people in this world who have doubt in their hearts because there are not many mountains that have been thrown into the sea. (laughs) I don't think that's the point, is it? Jesus isn't saying, go and redecorate the mountains and put them in the sea. The point that Jesus is saying, your will is pretty ineffective. If I stand and scream at Mount Kosciuszko and say, be thrown into the Tasman Sea, it's going to sit there and it's going to, it's a rock, it's just going to sit there. But God is saying, Jesus is saying, you can say to that mountain, be thrown away. How is that possible? Because with God, everything is possible. My will, my kingdom is small. God's will, God's kingdom is huge. Nothing is impossible with God. In fact, there's a lovely verse that says, Now unto him who is able to do more than you can even begin to imagine. If I try and make things go my way, if I insist on my will being done, It works to a point and then it fails. The problem is that we weren't content to be kings under God. We told God to get lost. We, We said we want the final say. Instead of working with God to bring his kingdom come, to have his will be done, we said, no, it's about my will being done. And Graham turned up and said, that's what you think, sunshine. It's about my will being done. And then Myra turns up and says, you guys are joking. It's my will being done over here. Arnold turns around and says, that's very nice, Myra, but you're wrong. It's actually what I'm going to say is going to happen. Mark's just laughing at the side going, what stupid people. They've got no idea that it's my will that will be done. My kingdom is come. And we all do this, don't we? It's about what I want. Why do we fight and why do we quarrel? When someone annoys us, why do we get upset? My will be done. How dare you? How dare you? We each strive to be king. And some of us are better at pretending to not want to be king. But deep down, some of us want little kingdoms. But we want to be kings. 
I forget who it is. They tell a great story, or I think it might be C.S. Lewis, uh, of, of how sometimes you can be so little, but so insistent. Oh, no, thank you. I wouldn't want a cup of coffee. It keeps me up all night. I just want a really weak cup of tea uh, with the tea bag left in for just a second. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I couldn't possibly drink that. You've left it in for 30 seconds. It's too dark. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. My will be done. Give me my tea the way I want it. Oh, what a gentle lady or man. But really, deep down, that's what we do, isn't it? It's about my kingdom come, my will be done. When I was growing up, not so long ago, I would wander around the house. I've got an older sister and I've got two younger brothers. And obviously, I'm the wisest, the holiest, the bestest of them all. I am the man of the house. And when my parents are out, they must obey me. Do you know what they did? They locked me out of the house. Do you know what I did? I broke something. I yelled. I screamed. Why? Because my will be done. Why do we get upset when someone thwarts our plans? When someone is bossy to us? When someone is rude to us? Because they're stepping on our kingdom. Of course, our kingdoms can align. We can form alliances and we, we come together and, and I'm looking out here and there's many people who have formed alliances of kingdoms. And, and for example, here is an alliance of kingdoms here. And when they say, my will be done, they say it together. And if I was to come and kick uh, Graham, Rhea would take out the knife and stab me because this is my kingdom you're attacking now. We are one. Rhea would never take out a knife and stab me and... I wouldn't kick Graham when she was around. Um, (laughs) We form families. We form a a united kingdom there. We we form communities. We we form groups. We form churches. We form schools. We form neighborhoods. Uh, We form states. We form countries. We form the United Nations. We form NATO. We, we, we put all of our kingdoms together. And when you put all of the world's kingdoms together, you get the kingdom of earth. Where we stand and collectively we give God the finger, not this one, and we say, our will be done, God. Our will be done. This is the kingdom of the earth. Sometimes what we want just happens to be what God wants. But it's about we want to be in charge. Because we can't do it on our own, we'll do it together. Ironically, even here in the background, we think it is my kingdom being done, but Satan's chuckling in the corner going, ha, 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 my will be done. Because if we're not in God's kingdom, there's only other one kingdom that we can be in. So what is the kingdom of God? Jesus walked around and he said, here's the good news, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. Well, if the kingdom is the the range of our effective will, then the kingdom of God is the range of God's effective will, where whatever God wants to be done is done. 
where everything that happens meets with God's approval and with God's delight. Remember when God created the world? That was a kingly thing he did. He he spoke like a king. He said, let it be, and it was. Let it be, and it was. What did he go? He looked at it and he said, this is good. This is good. This This is good. Oh, it's not good for him to be alone. Let me fix that. This is very good. You know, currently the earth is the only place, this visible world of ours, is the only place where God permits his will to not be done. Some of you are going, what? If this place was where God's will was being done, it would be God's kingdom. And it is, in a sense, God's kingdom because he is in charge. But if God's will was being done here, why did Jesus arrive saying God's kingdom is near? The good news of Jesus is simply this. God's kingdom is near. Come in. Because right now God is letting us think that we're in charge. He loves us enough to let us think that we're in charge. And he loves us enough to come and say, you're not in charge. My kingdom is near. My kingdom is near. Won't you come in? It's not a new kingdom, this, that Jesus came talking about. When we say the Lord's Prayer and we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're not saying, may your kingdom suddenly arrive because it's not here. We're, we're saying, we're saying, may it come. We're, God was king before creation. He was king at creation. Even after the fall, God was still king, calling people, to, working with people, calling them to follow his rule. Ultimately, he chose the family of Abraham, and he said to, to Abraham, I want you to follow me. I want you to go where, where I will send you. I want you to trust me. He chose Israel. He said to them, I will be your God. You will be my people. They lived in a theocracy. God was the ruler. They weren't perfect. But what set them apart was that they belonged to God. And then they got jealous of all the other nations and they went to Samuel the prophet at the time and they said, Samuel, mate, we want a king. We want to be like all the other nations. And Samuel was really upset and he thought, well, they're rejecting me. I was doing such a good job of of, uh, judging over this land and representing God to them and blah. And he goes to God and God says, Samuel, mate, it's not you they've rejected as king, it's me. I am the king. And do you know what God does? Takes out a big stick and he smites them. No, he doesn't take out a big stick and he smites them. God says, I'm going to give them a king. Warn them what it's going to be like. It's going to be a, it's going to be a pain. And he gives them a king. He gives them Saul and then he gives them David. He chose kings to rule Israel under him, for him. He says, your king is going to represent me to you and you're going to repre- he's going to represent you to me. And ultimately, he says to David, I'm going to bring someone through your line, David, who is that representative of humanity to God and God to humanity and I'm going to bring them into one person in Jesus and he's going to come and what is he going to say? He's going to say, turn to God because the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. And how did we know that the kingdom of God was near? 
Did Jesus just walk around going, the kingdom of God's near? Kingdom of God's near? Luke chapter 4, Jesus, we did this at Bible study uh, just this last week, Isaiah 61. Jesus says, I, I, I've come. I don't think I've actually got this in my, in my list here. Let me grab it for you guys. Luke chapter 4, Jesus picks up the scroll of, well, he's given the scroll of Isaiah and he reads out to them. And he says, this is what's happening right now in me. This is fulfilled in me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. What is the good news? Well, I'll have to start again. Right. Um, What is the good news? The kingdom of God is near. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. That the time of the Lord's favor has come. And he says, he rolls it up and he says, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. A little bit later, John the Baptist uh, is uh, languishing in jail and he's, he's going, oh, wow, I, just, I thought he was the one, is he the one? And he sends some people, says, Jesus, just checking, are you the Messiah? And Jesus says, heals many people. And then he says, go and tell John what you've seen. Go and tell John what you've seen. Luke chapter 11 verse 20. talking about casting out demons. Jesus says, if I'm casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Jesus saying, look at what I'm doing. And then Jesus died to take away our sins. And the message is not just the kingdom of God is near. The message is the kingdom of God is near and I am the doorway. I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth. We said the good news is is eternal life. What is eternal life? Jesus says to us, this is eternal life. Knowing you and knowing your son, knowing me. Why is that eternal life? Because Jesus is the doorway to the kingdom of God where God's will is done. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 and 28. Just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will, not, he will come again, not to deal with sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. What is the good news? The good news is Jesus saying the kingdom of God is near. Take your kingdoms that are so powerful and, and so God-given and so messed up and so broken And submit them to me. Come into the kingdom of God where God's will is done. Come in. Find life in me. Can you imagine a society where there is always peace? Where people are always looking to care and love and cherish for each other. We we see hints of this in the church. I can think of some times when people have come to me and just shown me that can you think of a place where there is no suffering where there is no evil where there is no nastiness no gossiping no backstabbing no pettiness no cruelty no deception where we serve each other and where the greatest servant is our God and Father And the smile on his face goes from ear to ear. And he looks at us and he says, I love you so much. 
we see hints of this, don't we? Can I embarrass you, Pam? Pam came here with a sore back to lead the service this morning. Why did she do that? She could have phoned up and said, Nick, I'm so sorry, my back's really sore. Um, I don't want to come in today. She did it because she loves us. And forget picking on Pam. I see this in other people as well. Acting because they love. And I see that and I go, the kingdom of God is near. And it's taking root in a few people around here and it's growing. And isn't this good? You know, as much as I embarrass Pam, and I'm sorry for embarrassing you, Pam, except I'm not really. If I could get rid of my pride, I'd love to hear that said about me. And I want that to be true of me, and I want that to be true of you. That when people look at you, they go, I think the kingdom of God is near. Paul went around preaching and he says, I didn't come with fancy words, I came with the Spirit's power. Oh, for our lives to be lives of integrity like that, where what we say matches up with what we do and what we do matches up with what we say. Revelation, chapter 21, listen to this. John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone, the place of chaos, the place of, of fear and destruction. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God like out of heaven like a bride dressed beautifully for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. They will live with, he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death and there will be no more sorrow or crying, or pain, all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am making it as new, but it's done. It's finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life because there is a river running through the kingdom. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will give you drink. And springs of living water will bubble up and flow out of you. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. I will be their God. They will be my children, cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers and liars. Their fate is in their fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You know what? All of those people listed there can get into the kingdom. The way you get into the kingdom is to say, Jesus, your kingdom come. Lord, I want to I wanna, I wanna go with you. My hang glider is going to Glide me into the ground. I can't go without you. My will is strong, God, but your will is just super abundantly strong. 
one of the seven angels who was holding the seven bowls containing the seven lost plagues came and said, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain. He showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And he describes the city to us. And then in verse, um, ooh, right down, verse 22, he says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city. The Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of this world will enter the city in all of their glory. Now, I'm, I'm sure John there means kings as in rulers, but I wonder if he means us as well. I just thought of that this very moment. We will enter there in all of our glory that God intended for us. We will rule with him. That gates of that city will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. So there's no end of the day. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Listen to this. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practice shameful idolatry, dishonesty. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. How do you get your name written in the Lamb's book of life? You hear some good news that says the kingdom of God is near. Turn to God, repent, and follow Jesus. What did Paul preach? The kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. Jesus came to do more than die on a cross. He came as the kingdom bringer. John chapter 6, Jesus speaks about worry and we worry so much. We worry about our life and how things will go. We worry about our will not being done. We worry about not getting things the way we want them. We worry about clothing. We worry about our appearance. We worry about food. Jesus says, God knows. Your Father knows. What matters most, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do I do that? This is where I'm going to finish. How do I do that? How do I seek the kingdom of God? Oh, it's such good news, isn't it? The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom where everything is perfect, where God's will is done. The kingdom where my will is in submission to his, in all areas where your will is in submission to his, in all areas. How do we seek it? How do we seek it practically? How do we get into it? Till John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides, but now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. Matthew puts it, that violent men take hold of it violently. With Jesus, anyone can get into the kingdom. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. In fact, no one comes to me except the Father draws him, says Jesus in another place. We're going to talk about this next week because I've gone way over time. How do we get into the kingdom? How, how, do we, how do we practically do this? How do we he is greater than all these things that come against us.
thank you, Lord, for today's reminder that your, your kingdom is near. Your kingdom is within us. Your kingdom is you and where you are. And that's where we long to be, Lord. And within your kingdom there is life, there is love, there is joy, there is protection, there is strength. There is all that we can ever need and far more besides. And we just thank you for it, Lord. We bless your name. Go with us into this week, Lord. Well, we know you will. Go with us into this week and protect us from all that the enemy wants to throw at us. Give us grace and love and joy and strength to show forth to others. And just be with us, be our portion, be our key into that kingdom, Lord. We just commit each other before you and pray if there is any need in anyone's heart that you will meet it and minister to it. In Jesus' name, amen.